in our way. Literally. Hand. Yes, that is your hand in our way. Very good. We're all gonna die. I hope so. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Oh, hello, Popheads. Welcome to a special bonus edition of the TomCast Popcast, coming to you from Corto Maltese, where we are staying as far away from the action as humanly possible. My name is Tom. Thank you so much for listening to this quality, independent pop culture podcast. Please be sure to follow us on social media at TomCast Popcast on Twitter and Instagram. Please email the show TomCastPopcast at gmail.com. Make sure you are liking, subscribing, and sharing the show with all your friends, family, loved ones, people who owe you 20 bucks, people who are in the Suicide Squad. Recommend it to them before they go on their on their final, potentially final mission. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please, by all means, leave us a five-star review. They mean the world to us. Again, this is a special bonus episode of the show, and we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. We have so much to get into. But before we do that, we do have to thank the official members of Pophead Nation for being here. You can become an official member at patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast. You can join the nation and gain access to the sweet bonus content. Thank you to our current Patreons, the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail, Jeff, co-hosting the Ring in the Air, a great music podcast. And I hope to have him back on the show very, very soon. Thanks to the Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squidmaster General, Mr. Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, excuse me, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wagamer, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pereira Brewing Company, here in San Diego, coming soon to Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, yeah, uh, Harley Quinn, by the way, featuring very prominently in this episode. And finally, of course, the Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops. Thank you so much for being uh, the official members of Pophead Nation, and you know what, we, we have a special, special episode, this is a bonus one for the week. You know, I wasn't sure if, if we would get to do this or not, but then HBO came out the other day and they said, hey, by the way, if you have that HBO Max, if you have that HBO Max, you are going to get to watch The Suicide Squad on Thursday night ahead of the curve. And I couldn't be more delighted. I this is So this is our The Suicide Squad, the James Gunn written and directed uh, a feature film, DC Universe, adaptation, the whole thing. This is our reaction-based episode to that episode. Or, I'm sorry, to that film. And and I, non-spoilers. So so be be ready for that. It's going to be kind of a short and sweet, a little, little bit of a bonus thing at the end of the week here to like head you off into the weekend, get you fired up to watch this movie, whether you're going to the theaters, whether you're going to watch it on HBO Max on your, on your sofa. 
Uh, it's going to be all good. You may notice a little bit of background noise. Uh, the, the air conditioner is running today, which is not something we normally do. Uh, but this time of night, I am no longer in control of the, uh, the climate controls of the, the apartment in which I dwell. So we just have to kind of deal with that general background hiss, and that is what it is. And I'm, I'm very, very sorry. I'm trying to direct as much noise away from that, that vent as I can. But uh, this microphone, it's high quality. It picks up a lot of things. So that, that, so that sort of hiss in the background, you might hear that throughout this, this little bonus show. And I do apologize for that. That is normally not how we do things. But again, this time of night, I'm no longer in control of the climate controls. In the, in the starship. It is what it is. So what you got to do is you got to sit down, buckle up, hold on to your butts, and buckle up again. Because here we go. The Suicide Squad reaction episode begins now. <laughs> so I have just wrapped up my viewing via HBO Max of James Gunn's written, directed, The Suicide Squad, Idris Elba, Margot Robbie, Sylvester Stallone as King Shark, David Dasmalshin, uh, 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 so many wonderful, wonderful people are in this movie, and I, I like, I, I the the best thing I can say about it is that it's so good, it deserves all of your attention, and you need to check it out immediately because this is the Suicide Squad movie that we all wanted. You know, way back when, in, in 2016, 2017, when the David, uh, David Iyer version came out. And, and, um, and li- listen, many of us, many of us were underwhelmed. We're not satisfied with what we got. And, and this movie, uh, it, it, while it doesn't have like the most direct or overt connections to that film, that's okay. That's okay. We just kind of move on. You you realize some characters are a tad more connected than others, and and you just kind of acknowledge that. And and but but there's no requirement to have watched the the David Ayer Will Smith Suicide Squad from 2016. Like like I said, this movie helmed by Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, Idris Elba as Bloodsport, John Cena as Peacemaker, Joel Kinnaman returns as Colonel Rick Flag. Michael, Michael Roker as Savant. Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. You have uh, Nathan Fillion as TDK. Jai Courtney returns as Captain Boomerang. Falula Borg as Javelin. Uh, Pete Davidson as Blackguard. Uh, 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 it, it's, it's, it's completely ridiculous, the amount of people that are in this movie. The, uh, the, the, the cast is completely insane. And, and you know, I, I couldn't be more delighted by the performances we got from all these people, and 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 some of the best performances I didn't even I didn't even get to, in in this because they are so good. Uh, Daniela Melikor as Ratcatcher too, uh, fantastic. You also have you also have Al, uh, Alice Braga as uh, Salsoria, the the freedom fighter on Corto Maltese, and P, uh, Peter Capaldi as the Thinker. There there's so much going on in this movie. This like this movie might be like the one of, one of the most deep cut. You know DC Comics movies that's out there, and you know you don't have to have that requisite knowledge of of, of what's going on in the in the DC universe to to watch this and process this and enjoy this. It just kind of all works. Like this is this is one of the most harmonious DC universe movies we've seen thus far, and it lives up to its billing. The Suicide Squad, a team that is basically of of consists of supervillains that are coerced 
into uh, uh, running missions for the government at the at the at, at the behest of of Amanda Waller, a a government uh, uh, super lackey, if you will. You know, she has agendas and 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 she has her own uh, uh, goals for all these missions that 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 the, the team is not privy to know. So she employs these these supervillains who have been captured by the superheroes. You know, they they talk about it in the movie Bloodsport is captured by you know. He shot Superman with a kryptonite bullet, put him in the ICU. Bloodsport is a, super, a Superman villain. Harley Quinn, obviously a Batman villain. The Ratcatcher, a Batman villain. You know, all these characters are people who've tussled with the big, the big heavies, the big superheroes of the DC universe. Uh, but we don't, we don't spend a lot of time dwelling on that. They're just, they're just there. You know, we 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 operate on the under the assumption that our superheroes are out doing their duties between movies. And these are sort of the villains they have to fight in the meantime, in between the big superhero epics. You know, they're arresting guys like TDK and Captain Boomerang and Javelin and Mongal and Blackguard and, and Weasel. You know, you know, these characters that are incarcerated in Bel Rev are, are, or Bel Reeve, excuse me. I think they say, it's funny, I've heard it both ways, but I think in this movie they call it Bel Reeve. Um, so, so a very interesting situation. A Peacemaker, played by John Cena, Superman villain once again. Uh, so you get a lot of really funny, funny uh, instances of, of of sort of that. I don't know that that sort of cohesiveness that 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 you know DC's always wanted to have in comparison to Marvel. You get much more of that in this one movie than you have through any of the other DC universe experiences. Whether it was, you know, the the Batman vs Superman or Man of Steel or or Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Uh, this is much more of a, of a cohesive DC Universe story than any of all that. And the fact that this movie is set on Corto Maltese, uh, a, a, a movie that, that many fans of my age bracket, uh, we remember that being referenced in the 1989 Tim Burton Batman movie. Batman movie. That's where Vicki Vale became prominent. She cut her teeth uh, uh, documenting like the, the atrocities, the war crimes taking place on Corto Maltese. That's where this movie set. And it's so delightful to kind of have that wonderful callback to to a place that, uh, for a lot of fans, is 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 familiar, uh, but we don't know a ton about. And it's it's a really again an, another just nice connection to what we think is coming for the DC uh, comic book universe, which is, which is a big multiversal kind of thing because we know about Flashpoint. And how it's going to be spanning the multiverse of DC characters in the DC timelines. You know, we're talking about Michael Keaton as Batman. We're talking about Christian Bale. As ba- I mean, all these different Batmans, you know, could exist at one time. John Wesley's ship as the Flash. All of it, you know, it's going to be, uh, you know, we don't know where we stand. But this movie doesn't deal with any of that stuff. Maybe it has, maybe it will have an effect. Maybe it will have a consequence. But as a movie itself, as a solo standalone feature, you will be delighted by what you see in the Suicide Squad. It starts off and it lives up to, up, up to its billing in the first act. And then you start to get into some of the character stuff. And you start to get into that second act where you explore these characters, their motivations, their histories. And you, you, you know, maybe you don't understand, but you can sympathize. You can empathize, more importantly, with these characters and what they're going through. And, they're, and sort of like the journey that they're on. Uh, as part of the squad and where they're going. And then when you get into the third act, boy, does everything pay off in, a, in just a massive, massive way that is so satisfying 
and so fulfilling. Uh, this was one of those experiences that I had. Again, I watched this on HBO Max. Uh, I'm not in a, in a position to to venture out to the movie theaters to go see this in theaters. I would love to see see this in the cinema. I'm not in that that place in that position to do that to to potentially uh, uh, risk my health and the health of the people in my immediate family. Uh, so I took advantage of this being on, on HBO Max, and I was delighted. Sure, I would have loved to see this on the on the giant big silver screen, but I was so enraptured by the performances, by the 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 the, the story itself. Everything in this movie just clicks. It's so well constructed, well thought out, and and it delivers the way that the cameras are used. There is a sort of uh, a raw, visceral energy to it. It's very kinetic. The cameras always seem to be in motion. There's very few still shots, if any at all. The, the, the movie is, is in motion. And, and, and as a movie that's in motion, it, the plot continues to plow forward. And that's so, so very exciting. And as I also mentioned, too, this movie might, might be some of the most deep-cut DC comic book stuff that we've seen. You know, I, I talked about it uh, in podcast episodes during during season one of Stargirl, how Stargirl would get into like some really deep mythology for the DC universe, but this movie does the same thing, but it does it in such a way where it's not obsequious, where it's not like you have to go and pause what you're watching to go Google shit. It that that's not what's going on at all. You know, uh, I, I don't consider this to be a spoiler. It's something that's talked about very prominently in the trailers. Uh, so if you've seen the trailers, you know what I'm about to say. If you've not watched the trailers, if you are a person who intentionally avoids trailers, now is the point in the podcast where you do want to pause it because I'm going to talk about something very, very important. So let me, let me give you a couple seconds here to pause the podcast before I start talking about something that is germane to the plot but is in the trailers. All right, you ready? One, two, three, four, five. Starro, the motherfucking conqueror is in this movie, is prominently in this movie, one of my favorite deep-cut DC villains. Uh, This intergalactic being shaped like a starfish that traverses the galaxies, has spores that attach itself to people's faces so it looks like they have starfish on their faces, and it's it's a mind-control thing. And they all become like part of the, the collective, the hive, if you will, for Starro, the fucking conqueror. That is a to me, that is such a deep cut reference to, to classic DC lore that, that even even knowing that Sorrow was coming from the, 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 the teases and the trailers and, and everything like that from months back, I was so delighted. I was so enriched. I was so enjoyed by knowing Starro was coming. And, and to see Starro on the big screen and, and honored in the way that he was, uh, a, a very faithful adaptation of what Starro is, who he is, and uh, he is is not the right term, but who they are, who they represent, that is so delightful, so enriching, and and made this experience so much more joyful. And, and you know, if you want to go, it's not considered uh, canon or continuity anymore. But if you can find the collection of Justice League Year One, written by Mark Wade, drawn by Barry Kitson, it's it's got a classic Starro storyline in there that I don't think anyone would would. Uh, 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 re- re- refute as anything less than exceptional 
Uh, and then in a more modern, st- uh, more modern to- story, you can check out uh, the last iteration of the the Rebels series from DC, and it's is R dot E dot B dot. You know, you, again, it, Rebel stands for something, but it, you know, it's it's Viral Drox standing up against Star of the Conqueror, and then our definition of what we thought Starro was being challenged in that series. Two great exceptional comic books featuring Star of the Conqueror. Uh, that that are two of my personal favorites, so so, and, you know, and with the, I, I mean, I just have to, I just have to say it. I, it. It's harsh, but I have to say it. With the failure of the Justice League movie, with the failure of the Superman movies and the Batman movies that Zack Snyder helmed, uh, whether whether the Snyder cut works for you or not, those movies failed hard enough that we were never going to get anything to spin out. From any of, the, any of these movies, we were never going to get a further exploration of some of the things they sort of hinted at in the grand DC universe uh, uh, cosmos. And then James Gunn, uh, through you know, uh, through unfortunate circumstances, uh, is is let go from Marvel and Disney, and approached by Warner Brothers to to uh, do a follow up to the Suicide Squad, a movie that they invested a lot in. They had a lot of uh, 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 hopes and dreams hinged on that movie. Obviously, Margot Robbie is a huge star, a huge performer, and I, I, my personal opinion, inhabits the role of Holly Quinn so, so well that, that, that you want to see her thrive in it. Uh, so, so when David Ayer's version came out and it was lackluster, and like, there's a multitude, multitude of reasons why the initial Suicide Squad movie, squad movie uh, is a, a a failure, and many many articles have been written about that that are online currently. You can check that out. Google that right now. David Ayer, Suicide Squad failure. You will find a ton of articles that talk about the way that DC Warner Brothers mismanaged that entire movie from the get go. Uh, you know, seeing the Ayer cut would be very very interesting. Uh, I don't know how it would change public perception, but it would be very interesting to con- to compare and contrast the two. But that being said. I, th- I think whether we, whether you were a fan of that movie or not, I think you became a fan of Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn with you know the Birds of Prey movie because uh, again another another role she just completely engrosses herself in. She has so much fun with the role. She brings Harley Quinn to life in a, in such a fun, unique way that that uh, you know I mean outside of of the Batman the animated series and the Harley Quinn show, like you you wouldn't think anyone could deliver in these ways, but Margot Robbie just fucking nails it. And then you have a performer like Idris Elba step up and be kind of like your dramatic core of this movie. And he's so good at it. So good. Like you're, you're very much engrossed in his journey. You're very much engrossed in the journey of, of, uh, not, I was going to say Captain Boomerang, but that's not right. But Polka Dot Man. You're engrossed in Ratcatcher. Like this movie does such a good job of giving each of these characters moments to to connect with them, to understand them. And yeah, they're bad guys, but they're human beings. And they've been through things. And the flashbacks to... Yeah, yeah, actually, before I even get into that, not even just like the flashbacks, but like in a very comic book, book move, they, they title Ratcatcher as Ratcatcher 2. Okay? That is really, really interesting because Daniela Malacor plays Ratcatcher 2. She is the daughter of the original Ratcatcher. And again, these are in the comic books, these are Batman villains. 
But when you flash back and you see her connection to her father, who was the original Ratcatcher, who was Ratcatcher 1, played by Taika Waititi, of all people, uh, you, you cannot help but empathize and understand that character so much more in a way that we never got to do in the first movie. You know, you know, even even the, even the quote unquote bad guys in the movie. You know, whether it, whether it's Amanda Waller and and the 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 games she's playing with the squad versus the politics that she's trying to live in. Like you understand these characters so much more in this movie than you did in the first one, and uh, the movie lives up to its billing. The Suicide Squad people die in this flick. People you saw in the trailer, you're like, I want to see what that character is all about. They don't make it very far. Like it, there's a lot going on in this flick. The squad gets gets uh, reduced drastically in the opening uh, in Act One, and then it gets reduced even more in Act Three. So I love the fact that it lives up to its its title. It is the Suicide Squad. The people who walk away at the end are not the ones that maybe you thought would at the very beginning of the flick. Uh, but it, it's so well done. It's so exciting. It's so engrossing. There were moments of. Uh, I, I laughed. I, I, I couldn't help but cringe at certain moments. Not in not in in in, uh, in a bad negative way, but like, oh my god, I can't believe that happened. You know, it was it was very. I had a very visceral reaction to the way this movie was was filmed. And I think again, another credit to James Gunn, the way he shot this movie, uh, the, with I'm assuming the help of his cinematographers, his cameramen, and and his his, his set directors, uh, they shot this in a way that's like. Uh, it, this is gonna sound silly, but a, a very realistic manner. You know, this is like one of the more realistic-looking comic movies you're ever gonna see. You're like, you know, yeah, it's a giant starfish walking around Corto Maltese, but I kind of buy it because it's shot in such a way that you are forced to buy it. Like you cannot argue with what you see. It's not. It's not grandiose. It's not spectacle. It's just like, oh shit, there's Star of the Conqueror. Fuck, let's figure out what to do about that. A great movie. I cannot recommend it highly enough. I really, really dug this. I'm really, really excited to talk about this in more detail um, um, with I, uh, with the people I have coming on board. We're going to be doing a big su- The Suicide Squad review episode uh, this coming weekend on, on Saturday. I'll be sitting down with Reagan from the Koji Podcast, my brother Mark from this podcast, the TomCast podcast, and we're going to get into the nitty-gritty. We're going to do some of the spoilers. We're, we're going to do a lot of the spoilers, and we are going to dive deep on The Suicide Squad as a film, and that will hopefully be out on Monday. Uh, I'm hoping this episode, this bonus show that I'm dropping right now for you all, uh, is the enticement you need. If you were hesitant at all to check this flick out, do not hesitate. Go watch this. Put the kids to bed early. And watch The Suicide Squad now streaming on HBO Max. If you have the opportunity to go see it in theaters, I do encourage you to do that. But please, by all means, do it as safely as possible. Uh, and whether that means masks up or at just a time when no one else is there, that that's up to you. But this is a movie that I think the silver screen uh, is kind of, is kind of screaming for at this at this moment. And uh, yeah, I, I I think we could all do well by watching this movie in the cinema. So I don't know. I don't know what else I want to say about this. The, the, again, again, I'm a big fan of the original comic book by John Ostrander. Uh, John Ostrander, the writer of, of the original series from the '80s, does have a cameo in this flick, which I think is lovely. And and uh, I, you know, if you're enjoying this movie, I, I couldn't encourage you enough to go check out the original series. I think they have 
all of Ostrander's run collected in, in seven or eight different trade paperbacks right now. So by all means, pick those up. They're very 80s looking, so you will be able to distinguish those from the more modern interpretations. You know, and, and uh, you know, Ostrander never had Harley Quinn. He never had a lot of these characters. His Suicide Squad was a lot more defined, and a lot of his Suicide Squad does not make it out of this movie alive. Um, but that, that, that by no means diminishes what he was doing on that book because he was uh, changing the game as far as comic books went at the time. And, and so we all owe a big uh, uh, you know, nod of the cap, a, a doffing of the cap, if you will, to John Ostrander for kind of changing the game with comic books and the Suicide Squad back when it debuted in the, in the middle to late 80s. He completely flipped the genre on, on its head by introducing a team of superheroes that were actually supervillains. And, and he deserves credit for that. So we, we, do, we, we bow, we pay our respects to John Ostrander and his various uh, creative teams that helped him along the way because they, they really did do a big, big service for comic books by, by uh, helping flip the perception of what a super, superhero and a supervillain is. They, they, they made us think about things. They, they explore that gray area in between heroics and villainy. And, and to see him, to see this iteration of the squad, that is probably the most faithful adaptation that we will ever get of the Suicide Squad, is just, it's just it, it, it makes my heart feel good to know this is out there, that people will watch this. And judging by the early critical reaction, will enjoy this movie. People will be delighted by what they see on the silver screen here. And, and I hope that you all feel the same way. And, and with that being said, I, I, I'm going to close out this bonus episode because, uh, I mean, that's it. I want you to go watch this. But like I said, whether it's in theaters or on HBO Max, go watch The Suicide Squad and have an absolute blast of a time. I don't want to spoil too much, but if you, if you do get into this movie, if you do enjoy this movie, there is a Peacemaker sequel. Or sequel? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if we can call it a sequel series. But John Cena will, will be back as Peacemaker in an HBO Max series that James Gunn has written for HBO Max, and that will be coming out very, very soon. They recently wrapped up filming on that. So hopefully you like his character. <laughs> if you don't, uh, yeah, you may not like that series, but but it, 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 it is a show uh, just rife with possibilities because, again, this is a great cast. This is a great movie with, with wonderful people, wonderful performances. No one phones it in. Even the guys who die five seconds into the screen don't phone it in. This movie nails it on, on every level. And I, I, I want to pay a little bit more attention to that cast. I want to mention some of the, some of the again, you're going to know these names. and you know Maybe they're in the movie a lot. Maybe they're not in the movie very much. But again, Michael Rooker as Savant. Viola Davis as Amanda Waller. You have Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg. Nathan Fillion as TDK. Jai Courtney returns as Captain Boomerang. Falula Borg as Javelin. Mei-Ling Ning as Mongal. Pete Davidson is Blackguard. Sean Gunn is Weasel slash Calendar Man. That's a small part. Pay attention to that one. You have Margot Robbie back as Harley Quinn. Stephen uh, Stephen Blackheart is Briscoe. Stephen Ag I'm sorry. Excuse me. Play, uh, plays on set King Shark. King Shark also voiced by Sylvester Stallone. You have uh, you have Idris Elba as Bloodsport. John Cena as Peacemaker. Daniela Melikor as Ratcatcher. Uh, Star Wars legend D. Bradley Baker is the voice of Sebastian. I, I won't even talk about Sebastian just yet. David Dasmalchin is Polka Dot Man. Uh, I mean, it, it's just, it, I mean, it's ridiculous. It, we talk about Alice Braga as uh, Sol Soria. 
and Peter Capaldi is the thinker. It is a, 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 a target-rich environment, <laughs> if you want to go to like military terms on this. Like, there's so much good stuff in here. Like, you will latch onto something. There is something for you in this movie to grab onto, and to embrace, and to enjoy, and to uh, uh, again to enrich your experience viewing this. Check this movie out now. I cannot recommend it highly enough. We will be back on Monday. That's when we plan on dropping the episode where we go deep. We're going to spoil the heck out of it. So between now and Monday, check out The Suicide Squad airing on HBO Max, also playing in in cinemas. So go check it out. I cannot encourage you highly enough. I really, really enjoy this movie, and I will be watching it at least two more times before we break it down on Saturday. I'm so stoked about this flick. This is, um, I, it, it is a strong like, four and a half out of five. Like, and it, it's real damn close to five because uh, it's really, really good. It hits on so many levels. It does justice to so many of these characters who have been, some of which have been done a disservice in prior films and some of which who would never get the opportunity to be in a DC Universe film. You would never see Polka Dot Man in a Batman movie. You would never see Ratcatcher in a Batman movie. You would not see Bloodsport in a Superman movie. So to, to give these characters a bit of the limelight is a fucking delight. Go check this out. You will have a good time. All right. Let's get the hell out of here so you can go watch the movie. I want to thank, once again, the official members of Popeye Nation. They are the best. They are the ones that keep the show on. They keep the lights running. So thank you to them. So thank you. Uh, those members are the Aspenel Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail, the co-host of The Ringineer. Check it out. Evil Circle, the evilest of all circles, the Squid Master General, Mr. Brian Broussard, the New Jersey Devil, Mark Wegemer, our very own Joker and Harley Quinn, Brian and Krista of Pride Brewing Company, right here in San Diego, coming soon to Baltimore, Maryland, and of course, the Beer Hop Brigadier General, Jesus Beer Hops. You can become an official member of uh, Pophead Nation by heading over to patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast. Join the nation and gain access to the bonus content. If you don't want to do that, though, by all means, please follow us on social media. Check us out at TomCastPopCast on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, TomCastPopCast at gmail.com. Please make sure you're liking, subscribing, following, sharing the show uh, on all the platforms you like. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Pandora, Audible, Amazon, and so many, many more. And if you're on Apple Podcasts and you have the time and inclination, five-star reviews are the ultimate way to help us out and spread the word about what we're doing here on the show. We thank you so much for listening to this. My name is Tom. This is the TomCast Podcast. I hope the air conditioner wasn't too loud. I tried to talk over it as much as humanly possible. So thank you very much for listening. We'll be back on Monday with our deep-cut, spoiler-filled review of The Suicide Squad. But in the meantime, go watch the Suicide Squad, now streaming on HBO Max and in cinemas around the world. Check it out. Let's get out of here. Ciao, babes. You're the leader. You're supposed to be decisive. And I've decided that you should eat a big bag of dicks. How's that? You're being facetious. But if this whole beach was completely covered in dicks, and somebody said I'd eat every dick until the beach was clean for liberty, I would say no problem. Why would someone put penises all over the beach? Who knows why madmen do what they do? You know what I think? I think liberty is just your excuse to do whatever you want. Whether that's to eat a beach full of dicks or killing folk. Great story. Compelling and rich. So the tribe drops its third straight on this trip, 6-1 to to the Rangers. For the Indians, 
One run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got, one goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. And I'm a big fan of your beer, too.